Welcome to Advantage Over, the podcast for the rugby referee community, or simply those in rugby who want to know more about refereeing. Are you ready? Time on. Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the Advantage Over podcast. I'm Keith Lewis, your host, and you're very welcome to join us. Thank you very much for being with us and putting us in your earbuds today. And firstly, as it's the first edition of 2019, may we wish you a very happy 2019. Um, Hopefully you've had a good Christmas break. If you're in the Southern Hemisphere, we hope you're enjoying your off-season and you enjoyed your Christmas a little more than those, perhaps those of us still on duty, rugby weekends around Christmas and New Year um, in the North. So hopefully you had a good one wherever it is in the world you were um, and you enjoyed it and made the most of it. And then we also hope you're obviously looking forward to a big 2019, obviously Rugby World Cup year. I'm sure you've heard that a lot in um, podcast land or, or various other rugby content sites as everyone builds up to um, later in the year. So got a really good interview for you coming up in this edition. Um, we'll tease that a little bit more in a minute. But first of all, we've got quite a bit of news to bring you. Um, obviously, since the, the last episode where we spoke to Craig Evans uh, about what it's like to referee 7s and 15s, we've had lots of bits of news come out. So let's start with appointments news, and we'll start with the big um, Six Nations um, competition, which is starting at the end of the month. Um, this year, 14 referees, 6 ARs and 7 TMOs um, have been selected to referee and officiate in this year's championship. Um, all kicks off on the 1st of February when France face Wales in Paris. Um, for those of you with uh, eager memories, you'll remember that Wayne Barnes refereed that one as well and he'll be on duty again this time out. We're pretty sure he'll be hoping there's no repeat of what happened last time. You might just remember, if you cast your minds back, some controversy um, where we had not only the bizarre situation of Sampson Lee being shown a yellow card with the match already in the red zone, time was already up, he served his 10-minute suspension and came back on to complete the match. And we also had that somewhat suspect event of going uncontested scrums when France needed that to happen, um, although, of course, the inquiry cleared them of wrongdoing. As a result of all that. But anyway, he'll be hoping to look forward and not back as we all should. As I said, there are 14 referees selected for the Six Nations Championship this year from six unions. We've got four French, Jérôme Garcés, Romain Poin, Mathieu Reynal and Pascal Gauzer. Three from the RFU in England, Mr Barnes, as I've said, um, Luke Pearce and Matthew Carley. Three Kiwis, Glenn Jackson, Ben O'Keefe and Paul Williams. Australia will be represented by World Referee of the Year Gus Gardner and Nick Berry. Um, and then Nigel Owens and Jaco Piper complete the lineup for Wales and South Africa, respectively. Um, they've all got one match um, in the championship, with the exception of Nick Berry, who picks up two, and he'll be looking after his first Six Nations matches um, France versus Scotland, and then England Italy, which is, of course is a great opportunity for him, and of course all the others. And with very much um, Rugby World Cup 2019 on the horizon, um, the performances of all those involved um, in February and March will be um, taken into account in a massive way um, as the um, World Rugby Selection Committee um, looks ahead to the end of March and they'll be making their appointments for Japan. They've already said that they intend to whittle down those 14 um, to 12 um, and they'll be also taking seven assistant referees and four TMOs. Um, so 
who will be the two to drop out? I'm not sure we can, um, we've had to think about it. I'm not sure who would be on our list to drop. Um, it'll be fingers crossed that Matthew Carley injured a calf at the weekend in Europe when he had to withdraw at half time in the Ulster Racing 92. Hopefully he won't be out for long and that won't hamper his match preparation. Um, of, of course it will hamper it, but um, hopefully it won't impinge his chances. Fortunately for him, his match is on the last weekend, so he does have um, that time to recover and get back out there, and hopefully um, it won't impinge his um, chances. But it's a tough call. Obviously, Nick Berry is the is the newbie of that list. Um, Luke Pearce, Matt Carley, Pascal's been around for a while. Um, and then you've got the, the, the old trusted faithful with the others as well. Um, so, yeah, tough call for the selection committee there. But uh, a listener question for you. Who do you think will be the two to miss out? I'm sure the two will be going anyway as ARs, but um be interesting to see which of the 12 referees. So let us know. Um, let us know at Rugby Referee Net if you're on Twitter or via the Facebook page or the Facebook group. Um, or just drop us an email to ref at rugbyreferee.net to let us know who you think will miss out and why. Um, and of course, we'll be bringing that news to you as soon as we get it. Um, they'll once they've made those announcements at the end of March, they'll be doing some prep, obviously finishing off their local seasons or starting continuing those local seasons, depending on which half of the world they're in. Um, and then they'll be heading to a preparation camp in Japan during July to make sure that, like all the other players and the teams, as they all, all gather, they're fully primed as a, as a unit for um, the great showpiece that is the Rugby World Cup. So I said, we'll be keeping a very close eye on all that. So good luck to those in the men's Six Nations. Uh, turn our attention to the women's uh, Six Nations now, because those appointments have also been made. Um, we've got 13 referees um, for this one, um, including six rookies. Um, and they'll oversee the championship, which kicks off on the again on the 1st of February and goes through to the 17th of March. Um, of the 13, 10 are female referees, which is really great to, to see um, those um, high-level elite referees, um, female referees, making that uh, that leap into this, this circuit. Um, six of them, I say, are new to the panel. So we've got Nikki O'Donnell and Laura Pettingale from England. We've got Clara Monarini from Italy. Rebecca Mahoney from New Zealand and Aurelie Graslow from France and Holly Davidson from Scotland um, gets a second chance to make her debut after injury forced her out of last year's championship when she picked up an appointment there. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see how the referees um, for the Women's Six Nations develop. They're obviously looking at their pathway to the Women's Rugby World Cup in 2021. Um, so we'll see what happens after South Africa's Amy Barrett-Turon referees the opening game in Dublin on that 1st of February date. So that'll be a big game for Amy and, of course, all the other referees as well. So not only in the, in the north, but we're also looking to south and to America this time. The America's Rugby Championship um, kicks off in February, it starts on the 2nd of February um, there are 9 referees that have been announced again by World Rugby for that um, and the America's Rugby Championship is a 6 team round robin competition um, involving a an Argentinian 15 uh, and then the national teams of Brazil Chile, Canada, Uruguay and then the winner of the last two championships, the USA. So that in itself um, is going to prove to be a really interesting uh, competition to keep an eye on the referees who will be involved in that one will be uh, Joaquin Montes from Uruguay, Damien Schneider from Argentina, Bolly Ansimi Federico, um, in, uh, from Argentina, Francisco Gonzalez from Uruguay, uh, Frank Mendes of Chile, Enrique Plate from Brazil, Derek Summers from the USA, 
Pablo De Luca Jr. from Argentina, and Mo Chowdhury um, is the last one on the list from Canada. So, um, again, for those of you in the South, keep your eyes on, on those um, America's Rugby Championship, which, again, the, the standard is going up and up every year, and hopefully the referees there can develop um, as well. So the other thing that's happened in the last couple of weeks is the new law book has come out. Um, normally you wouldn't expect that to be too much, um, bring too much with it, um, particularly at this stage in the pre-Rugby World Cup cycle. Um, they made lots of changes last year, the occasional tweak here and there. But there have been a couple of things that they've snuck in, not all of which we can fully understand why they've chosen to do that now, but they have. Um, so let's just go through some of those. Um, a couple of those are tweaks, some of them are rectifying previous errors. So um, they've t- changed the language around who can come onto the field to provide medical assistance. Um, in the past, law books it said only qualified doctors or physios were allowed to enter the field now they've recognized that there may be other trained professionals on the side to come in and do so so they've changed the wording there so that's not one we particularly need to worry about they have however changed the wording of um, what constitutes offside at a ruck i mean in other um in previous law books we've always taken the hindmost foot has been the back foot traditionally i'm using air quotes back foot um, has been the offside line but I think now in recognising that in a ruck there are players on the ground so it's not necessarily their feet with a hind point so they've changed the wording of the law um, to reflect that so the new law which is law 15.4 offside at a ruck says that the offside lines in a ruck are uh, is a line that runs parallel to the goal line through the hindmost point of any ruck participant so not necessarily having to be their foot um, for those cynical people amongst our listenership, and I'm sure there are one or two of you out there, um, you might think back to the Courtney Law's back foot offside line, which caused that controversy in the England All Blacks game in the autumn. Um, that This new law may have changed the outcome of that particular thing. So just to clarify, it's the hindmost point um, of any rook participant is the back foot, not necessarily the foot of that player. Um, so the other one is partic- is new for stop, um, and it's about offside at the scrum, so law 19.30, and this is one where we've, they're now bringing into law what most people have refereed um, for quite some time, and it's about the positioning of the scrum half and where they can go when they're moving um, towards the opposition back foot to, to chase the ball or to close down options. Um, so th- we, we're thinking about that gap between the flanker Um, and the number eight in the past we've always managed nine scrum halves not to get into that space because frankly nothing good can happen if they go into that space there's too many legs there too much negative things could happen it's a potential flashpoint so we as referees have mainly managed that but without actually having the law um, behind us to do that now they're saying and they've brought this into law um, that that is now offside and that the number eight cannot move in to that space between the flankers and the number eight so that's now um, in law um, so it's certainly one to um, make scrum halves aware of that it's now a penalty offense and it's they're deeming it to be offside um, so that's the um, uh, the one to look at if you want to have a look at a picture of what that means there's one on the um, article that's on rugby refereed.net so do go and have a look at that the picture's pretty clear but hopefully now you can tell scrum halves that they are not allowed into that space between um, the flankers and the number eight and that's by law now otherwise they, they are offside even if they're behind the ball um, so that's what that's where they put it and that's um, a good thing for us referees we've now got the law to back us up 
The other thing um, I mentioned before was to correct an error. So you remember that the, the law book was rewritten last year and was simplified. Um, one of the things that accidentally slipped out of there was about blocking the throw at the line out. Um, if you've got a, nine, a 2018 law book, you'll see the picture is still there, but the words to go with it were omitted. Um, so this is just cor correcting that. So 18.25 um, um, now says again, as it did in 15, 16, and 17, but not 2018. Um, that, so law 18.25 says that oppositions must not block the throw, and the sanction for that is a free kick. So um, they kind of haven't announced that, but um, thank you to those um, folk over on rugbyrefs.com um, for spotting that. Um, so that's that. Um, the other thing that they have brought into law um, formally into the law book, which obviously new from last year, it was announced um, in November. Uh, you might remember law 9. 9.26 um, involves mandating it that if you put your own, if you lift your own player into the air, you have to bring him down. Um, before last year, that wasn't actually in law, and it corrects some of the controversial issues um, over the last couple of years where um, players have been put into the air and not brought safely to ground. Particularly, one of the Irish games caused a problem um, where the um, I think it was an Australian ended up in the bin, but because of the actions of that player. Um, so it's it's what we're calling the don't drop a teammate law. Um, but that's now in the book as Law 9.26. So um, if you want to download a copy of the 2019 law book, um, you're very welcome to pop over to the rugbyreferee.net website and download a copy. If you go to refrug.by slash laws 2019, that'll direct you to um, the download page where you can grab a copy of the law book for you to save on your um, laptop, iPad, iPhone, Android device. You can save a copy in PDF forms so that you've got it to hand. Um, World Rugby, of course, will be sending those out around the world. I mean, hard copy, um, and we're going to get our hands on a couple of those as well. So hopefully you'll be able to get a, a hard copy of the law book to stick in your kit bag um, in due course in the, over the next couple of weeks and months as soon as they come out from World Rugby. And one other thing we just wanted to bring for you, I mean, just to, to congratulate um, Rasta Razavenji, really. Um, um, before Christmas, he, uh, obviously one of the most popular referees from around the world, one of the most familiar referees from around the world, um, he finished his um, sevens career after over 250 um, World Rugby Sevens matches. He's now going to turn his full attention to refereeing the 15s game from the start of 2019 Super Rugby season late uh, um, in the middle of February so um, so having taken up the whistles um, in 2007 the 32 the year old as he is now um, has quickly um, worked his way up through the national panel um, in South Africa and has been on the seventh circuit for nearly six years now um, and he's made great inroads and, and become a very popular face around there I mean, World Rugby uh, referee manager Paddy O'Brien said that he's been the most successful ref sevens referee ever which isn't a bad accolade to hear from the boss as you depart the scene. Um, of course, we'll remember him from his refereeing of the 2016 Rio Olympics final, the 2013 and 18 sevens finals in Moscow and San Francisco. And of course, he picked up a share alongside Spain's Ali Nevis um, of the 2016 World Rugby Referee of the, Ward, uh, Referee of the Year Award. So um, a massive sevens career. Um, hopefully his career in 15 has a similar trajectory and we obviously wish him well and we'll keep a close eye on him. And hopefully we'll be able to catch up with him later in the year to see how that shift in that focus is going. 
So finally, um, I wanted to um, invite you all to come and join our new RugbyReferee.net Facebook community group that we've we've started. We've had a, a page where we've posted news, but we wanted to generate a page um, and a group where people could come in and have a proper conversation, where we could ask questions of you and figure out what's going on, where we can pose questions, where we can celebrate our achievements, and um, where you can raise problems or concerns or talk about issues that you're facing. Um, as referees so if you want to um, come and join that new facebook community group it's about 150 of us in there already if you go again another link for you um, refrug.by forward slash facebook that will point you at the group um, we've already had some great discussions lately on refereeing the tackle the new laws um, and asking some questions about what you do as a referee to prepare for the games that you've got coming up so come and join us we've popped some questions for you to answer just to let you in we don't want to let anybody in and we want to make sure it's a real referee match official driven group and that you get um, a good quality um, commitment a, com a good quality conversation um, through there and you find that engaging so do come and have a look so it's refrug.by forward slash facebook and then we'll let you in as soon as we can so there we go a lot of ground to cover in this first episode of the year hopefully that's all been really valuable information for you as referees always good to know what's going on at the elite end um as ever we'd love it if you could drop us a line with any suggestions about what you want to hear in the podcast this year we do want to get them out much more frequently i know it's easy it's easy to say I get notes from people and messages from people to say when's the next one coming out which is great to hear um shows that it's adding value but if, if you're listening to this, um, we want to bring you news that's of relevance to you. Um, and we want you to make sure that you enjoy the podcast, you get content that's relevant, and whether that's um, tips and advice on refereeing, it's how to manage situations, whether it's about helping you to become a better referee um, or, or match official. I'm not just referees, of course. Um, or you want to learn about how the guys, the guys and girls at the top have got to where they've got to and all the things that go with being a referee. So we're, we're hoping we've got some good ideas about what we think we might do this year, but we'd love to hear from you. So um, find us wherever it is you are from a social media perspective and, and let us know what you think. Um, come and find us at Rugby Referee Net on Twitter, um, again on Facebook, or if you just want to drop us an email at ref at rugbyreferee.net, that um, feedback would be uh, brilliantly received. So thank you very much in advance for that. Um, and also, if you'd be so kind as to leave a rating or a, review, a rating or review where you found the Advantage Over podcast, it's great to read those things. And they actually help other people find the podcast. So and we'd be really grateful if you could pop there, perhaps if you're listening in the car on the way to the match, when you get home tonight, pop onto iTunes or whatever the podcast app is that you found. Say something nice about us. That would be great. And we'll hopefully call out some of those um, through the course of the podcast as we do them. And now, we know it's the start of the year. Um, if you're in the Southern Hemisphere, you're probably just thinking about restocking the kit bag with the new stuff that you've just got for the new season coming ahead, or perhaps clearing out the garage, the cupboard um, of all your old kit. If you're anything like my house here in the north, um, New Year means New Year clear out. Um, so um, what the question is, what's the best thing to do with that old rugby kit that you now don't need, um, all that refereeing kit that you don't need anymore? Perhaps you've just got new stuff for Christmas, and that's great. So what do you do with the old stuff? Let's head over and speak to a chap with a brilliant answer. Um, so, on today's podcast, I wanted to bring in John Broadfoot. Many of you who are based in the, um, in the UK or, or Ireland may have heard of John and his initiative called SOS Rugby Kit Aid. Um, so, John, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast. Tell us 
Uh, firstly, how did this start? What, what was the nucleus of all this happening? Well, it all started um, when my son went on rugby tour to Romania, which is quite an unusual destination. And this is um, about 18, 19 years ago. Uh, and he came back with stories of, of thousands of kids over in Romania who wanted to play rugby, um, but they could either their parents are on $100 a month salary are in the sort of post-Chaucescu era, so they couldn't afford kit. But also, it just wasn't available in shops because rugby was seen in the Soviet Union as being the sport of the elite. Uh, and so it just wasn't available. But now they'd seen it on TV, and when children see something on TV, they want to copy it or they want, they want to play it. Um, and there's something about Eastern European children who are just huge. Uh, I'm not saying they're Samoan in size, but they are large, and they like the contact sport rugby, both boys and girls. And I'd got two sons who played rugby, um, so I'd got lots of kit from various years that they'd grown out of, which were still in great condition. And I thought, well, if my situation is replicated in households around the country, there must be lots of kit lying around doing nothing. So with just the original idea of putting together one delivery for Romania, I got in contact with the local 10 schools, um, and I was absolutely staggered at how much kit is there. Um, and I took my idea, uh, subsequent to that, to the what was then the International Rugby Board, now World Rugby, in Dublin, and they liked the idea because it was so directed at grassroots rugby, and it was helping disadvantaged children in emerging rugby nations. And they gave me a sort of three-month trial, and then a six-month trial, and 18 years later, uh, they're still supporting us and part funding us. Um, and we are able to do a tremendous, tremendous amount of good around the world. So over the last 17 years or so, this isn't about raising money, is it? And this is, this is about taking kit that's lying around our listeners' cupboards and, and wardrobes and all that kind of stuff out, out in garages, and it's redistributing it. Yeah, how, yeah. Much, how much have you done with all that kit? Well, this, this is the thing. I mean, you know, we're an unusual charity in that we collect something of great value, but it's not money. Uh, and, the, and, the, and the thing of great value is kit. So every time a, a club changes its logo or the RFU, God bless them, change their sponsor or um, a school changes its colours, they literally have all this kit they don't want anymore. And very often the kit is brand new. I mean, half the kit we send is good quality used kit, but the other half is brand new, often still in wrappers. So in 18 years, we've done over £6 million worth of rugby kit valued at a low trade price. If you valued it at retail, it would be double that. It would be £12, 12 million. Pounds. That's enough. That's 250-plus tonnes of kit to 44 countries around the world, um, enough kit for, for a quarter of a million individual children. Um, so it, it, you might think that the, the shirt and the boots you've got in your back cupboard amount to nothing but put it all together and it is a huge resource and the great thing is it's a resource that renews itself every year because children surprise surprise grow every year mm -hmm. so this kit is always there and we've had things like donations from the welsh rugby union and they gave us about 14 years worth of kit they just accumulated because they change their sponsor every year. It went into a back cupboard. What do we do with it? Got forgotten. And then we come along and liberate it. And uh, there's now a Welsh rugby kit and English rugby kit all over Eastern Europe, Africa uh, and South America. 
I was going to say, I mean, this started off as, as, a, as a gift for Romania with one trip yeah. load of kit. Yeah. Um, I've just seen, uh, looking around on, on social media the last couple of days, the Venezuelan penitentiary system have just donated, received a load of kit. Yeah. So where is it all going, John? Well, just everywhere, really. I mean, we, we have about 20 or so live countries, and some countries like uh, Ukraine... Uh, Moldova, Bulgaria, we've been supplying for nearly 17 years now. And we will keep on supplying them until they say stop. We did, for example, originally start supplying Romania and Georgia. But they are now second-tier nations getting a lot of money from world rugby. So we felt uh, it was better to go elsewhere. But, for example, around the Rugby World Cup, we had a phone call one day from the Foreign Office in London and they wanted to do a rugby programme around the Rugby World Cup. And so they said, we would love to get SOS to send kit to South America. And I said, well, slight problem, that, and that is the cost of getting it there. Don't worry, they said, we'll do it via the diplomatic bag, which I thought was a little brown case, 30 inches by 30 inches, but it's a euphemism for a, for a channel. And so we did a lot of kit to about nine countries, mostly in South America, um, courtesy of the taxpayer, courtesy um, of, of, of the Foreign Office. So... Uh, there's just opportunities like that springing up all the time. We're currently supplying Sri Lanka, um, where there are 20,000 youngsters playing rugby. It's the second most popular sport after cricket, mm-hmm. rather unusually because it's taught in the schools there. Um, and so we're set to get out there. We're just about to start a delivery to Kosovo, which is much smaller. So it literally goes everywhere around the world. Uh, and when we think about kit, we're thinking about shirts, shorts, socks, boots... Do you, do you do other stuff as well? They, they, people, if, if you think of yourself as being a rugby coach in the middle of Kiev on a rainy November evening and you've got 30, 40 kids coming, you need everything. You need tackle pads, scrum caps. All, so we've done everything except a scrummaging machine and a set of posts, and I'm determined to do that one day just so that we can say that we've done everything. We've done post protectors. So whatever kit you've got, don't throw it away. If it's of good quality that you'd give to your own son or your daughter, contact us via our website, which is www.soskitte.com. We've got uh, regional collectors all around the country, including Southern Ireland, uh, and we we will come and collect it. Please, please don't throw it away into a landfill site. It's a tragic waste of a resource that the other half of the world that's not so well off would love to have. Uh, that's really good advice. Uh, if there are people listening to the podcast and we've got listeners from all over the world who think this is a great idea, um, if they're in South Africa or, or Australia or New Zealand, can they, can they play the game as well? Uh, absolutely, yes. I mean, um, we know it's a, a tried and tested model uh, that works. We've proven it over 17, 18 years. So, for example, it, it would work just as well in other richer rugby nations like New Zealand, um, South Africa, Australia and France. We, in fact, we've been asked by the Italian Rugby Federation to, to talk to them about launching SOS over there. So w- whether you are somebody who donates kit or receives kit, get in contact with us because... You know, we've got tremendous amount of kit coming in. We're always looking for new places to send it. Indeed, we like to send it to new countries because it, it sort of spreads the, uh, the, the the load a bit. And it's just, and you know, we've also made great strides from an environmental point of view because our kit replaces new kit that doesn't need to be manufactured. So we've won three environmental awards for uh, the fact that we've saved over 750 tonnes of CO2 emissions 
uh, because the kit doesn't need to be manufactured. So whether you like SOS Kit Aid from a rugby point of view and developing it around the world, or whether you've got an environmental background, um, those are two good reasons. And also, you know, if you're a company, if you're a CEO who's looking for a project to sponsor uh, and you want good PR to be, to be had from helping disadvantaged children or you want to improve your environmental credentials, get in contact with us via the website and, uh, and let us talk. Great. And talking of awards, just congratulations from all of us at the Advantage Over podcast on being shortlisted for um, this year's 2018 Rhino Grassroots Rugby Awards. So good luck with that one. It's announced later in December. Thank you. Um, and of course, lots of the kit we've talked about are from big clubs and things. Lots of our listeners are, are referees. You want our kit as well, because clearly there are referees in those countries as well, and they'd love to be wearing your kit. Absolutely. We, we've had letters back from people saying, this is the first time I've worn a shirt with the word referee on it. And it may not seem important to you, but it is important to us because of the identity uh, of what they do. So, yeah, literally anything you've got, including referee shirts or whatever, um, you know, when, when you are living on a dollar a day in, in Africa, uh, you, you know, and you want to develop the game and, and you've seen what's happened with Kenya and people like that, the way it's developing, um, they just want the kit. So they, there's, you know, unless something's in ribbons, which we don't want anyway, um, you just you just do throw that away. We, anything else you've got rugby-wise, we want it. Well, that's great. Well, obviously, from a refereeing perspective, we're really grateful for you coming on the podcast today. Um, we're here at a referees meeting tonight, so that may have been the background noise you heard earlier on, but um, here's, here's a bag of kit that you can take away uh, with you to the next collection point for referees all over the world. John, Lovely. Thank you, very much thank you very much. Can I just say a big thank you to referees? We get a lot of support from referees. We've had it from Munster, from Manchester, from London, and now from Hampshire. Uh, you know, you, you guys are the, the heart of rugby in every sense of the word, um, and you, you've been great helpers to us, and uh, uh, we look forward to developing our relationships with referees associations all the way around the country. Great Thank Tom, you. Thanks so much for joining us. Okay, cheers. Thanks for listening to the Advantage Over podcast from RugbyReferee.net. We hope you've enjoyed the content that we brought to you this week. What we'd really appreciate is your likes, rates and reviews, wherever it is you found it, whether that's iTunes or Stitcher Radio or TuneIn. Please head over there and leave us a review. We really do appreciate those. Um, we'd also um, ask you to tell your referee colleagues, friends, community um, that about this podcast this is the only rugby referee podcast out there, um, so we hope to get to more earbuds um, over time. We'd also love your feedback um, and your suggestions and your comments, so please let us have them. Um, you can either email us at ref at advantageoverpodcast.com um, or you can find us through the rugbyreferee.net website um, or through Twitter at rugbyrefereenet, which is the same handle you'll find on Instagram as well. We're in all those places, so please do let us know what you think, let us know what you want, um, and how we can help you become better referees in the future. So for now, that is Advantage Over. <laughs>